Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, my name's Alan Carter. I'm the president and CEO of Cabral Gold. Cabral Gold is a Canadian company. It's publicly listed uh, on the Venture Exchange in Canada. We have a district scale gold exploration project in Brazil. We already have two gold deposits defined, which are two kilometers apart. Both have significant upside. And within an eight kilometer radius of those two gold deposits, we have a total of 43 advanced targets, uh, some of which have had a little bit of drilling and some of which have had no drilling. We currently have five rigs operating and we recently completed $11.5 million financing. So we have a fully funded uh, aggressive drill program that will continue through to the middle of 2022. Alan, good to have you back on. Uh, when did we see? Middle, middle of July, wasn't it, I think? Um, yeah, that's correct. I think it's time for an update because we noticed uh, your neighbour next door um, has just been acquired by a Canadian company. What can you tell us about that and what's the implications for you? Yeah, big news, Matt. Well, as you recall, um, our project, our claims are contiguous with quite a large amount of claims that are owned by Eldorado Gold. They have an advanced gold deposit there that has a resource of 2.3 million ounces. It's about 20 kilometers from our project to the southeast. Um, that project is fully permitted. And so Eldorado have had that project for about 11 years. It's fully permitted. Um, Eldorado has not made a construction decision. And on August the 9th, they announced that they were selling that project to another Canadian company called G Mining for a 110 million US dollars in total. Okay, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like a lot. So, in terms of the the, the scale of that opportunity, it doesn't sound like a lot. But what what does it what does it say to you in terms of what the options are for your company? I mean, is is that as is that as big as you can hope for? Well, um, look, um, I think um, our project has enormous potential. I mean, we're we're obviously targeting resources that are significantly larger than that. As you know, we have a historic. Uh, this was an area that was extensively mined for placer gold during the 1980s. And the footprint on our area in terms of the historic placer production is 10 times larger than the area that El Dorado has. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we are we control a whole district. As I said, it's got already got two gold deposits on it with a tremendous upside and a lot of targets around it. I think what this deal says, um, Matt, is it brings a, a real spotlight to shine on this part of the world, the Tapajos. And this development, um, the, the company, um, the management team of G Mining has a, uh, a stellar track record of putting big mines into production all around the world. Uh, these guys are mine builders. Um, and this will be one of uh, Brazil's largest gold mines. Um, so I think uh, there's a big difference for us in terms of having a pretty exciting, a very exciting exploration project next door to a stranded project, which has been on the back burner of, uh, of El Dorado Gold as opposed to you know, having the same exciting exploration project, which, which we have called Kuyu Kuyu, which is suddenly going to be next door to one of the biggest gold development projects in Brazil. Um, so, um, yeah, obviously it has all sorts of implications for us. For example, infrastructure is going to improve here. Um, big time uh, grid power will come to within 20 kilometers of our, our project. So um, roads are going to improve, you know, lots and lots of positive um, uh, implications uh, as a result of this announcement. Okay. Okay. The infrastructure thing is interest, interesting. I guess that has um, benefits you at some point down the line. Um, with regards to the money that you've raised, I mean, how have you been spending that? Because I, I notice you've you've increased the number of uh, rigs uh, turning at the moment. Um, I mean, to, to what end? What are, you, what are you trying to do with that? 
Well, we've up to since we last spoke, we've increased the number of drill rigs on site to five. So we had three in early July uh, or mid July on site. We've now got five. Um, so it's it you know the program is is expanded. The principal objective of all that drilling, Matt, is really to define the high grade zones. We have an awful lot of high grade veins and targets. Um, we've got over 90 drill intercepts above 10 grams a ton. Uh, the current resources doesn't reflect that high grade material. Um, and the last resource assessment we did in 2018. So we've done well in excess of 20,000 meters of drilling since then. And uh, over the next 12 months or so, we'll, we're going to add another 25,000 meters to that or, or possibly more than that. So um, there's a lot to do. But as I said, the principal focus is drilling off the high grade zones within our property and within the two deposits we've got. There are a lot of high grade targets um, here as well, where we have a lot less information. And the secondary objective is, as you know, is we've, um, we've been finding more and more of this oxide material, this unconsolidated mineralized uh, material that contains gold um, uh, on surface. So we found, we've now found a second blanket. The first uh, blanket, um, again, we don't have resources on either of these blankets, but um, that first blanket is, is expanded as well since we last chatted. So it's, it's been a busy couple of months. It, well, they say this is what interests me because like, when we talked last time, we talked about this oxide blanket, and I think, wow, that's that's a nice way to actually um, get into cash flow quickly, which obviously can then you know finance you know the, the the development of the rest of the district. But you found a second oxide blanket, great. You're also targeting these high grade zones, which kind of look they look good as a headline, but in terms of as a business. Isn't it, isn't it better for you to kind of really kind of determine the the the, the oxide blanket component first because that's where the money's going to come from initially? Well, we're doing both, uh, and, and with five rigs turning, we've got the ability to do both. So we've got one rig uh, that's been drilling off. It was a seventy-four hole uh, grid drill program. Obviously, these are shallow holes because the blanket's up to about fifty meters thick. That first one, but it, we've been getting consistent results. Uh, we've had some. High grade numbers, I, I think the best number so far from that initial blanket was 60 meters at 3.5 grams. Most results are significantly less than that, the gram, gram and a half. And then we've got a second one um, uh, about five kilometers away. The interesting thing about this second blanket is that uh, it, right now we haven't defined an underlying source for all this gold in the second blanket. So I think there's a good chance there could be a hard rock deposit sitting under that as there is on the first one. You know, the, that first blanket, the MG hard rock, MG gold deposit sits right underneath it. But Look, with five rigs running, we can we can do both, Matt. I mean, it's not uh, you know we've um, we've got as you know we've raised eleven point five million dollars recently, um, so we are able to do both of those. I'm trying to I'm trying to work out what I should think about you, right? Because for for years you guys were going around the market and you're talking about all right, we've got this kind of one gram type one, one gram per ton type uh, grade going on through our project. And then we've got actually no, we've managed to identify some you know high grade uh, stuff as well. And then we've got this kind of oxide blanket component. So there's there's a kind of like a lot of moving parts. And I'm kind of in my head trying to go, well, what what type of company is this? How do these guys um, move forward in the best possible way? You know, in terms of you know creating not just shareholder value, but actually getting this thing into production at some point. So yeah. what do you picture? Yeah. Yeah, look, this is a district scale opportunity. There are multiple deposits at Kuyu Kuyu, clearly. We've got two, as of 2018, we've got two. Obviously, these two new blankets are, in all likelihood, two more. Uh, we don't have resources on them yet. So this, this is going to be a district that has multiple deposits feeding a central processing facility. So in that respect, it'll be like many of the large, world's largest gold mines. You know, there, there, there is a central mill, and, it, and they've been fed by uh, ore from 
several open pits and sometimes underground underground deposits. So um, it's getting very large. The, the question, the question, Matt, is um, at what point do we move forward with a scoping study and a pre-feasibility study? How big do we get this resource uh, before we pull the trigger on that? Um, um, and that is something that we continue to assess. Um, obviously, what we don't want to do is move forward with the scoping study now on, on a million ounces when it's likely several times larger than that. I mean, you, you know, we don't want to build a, a smaller mine when in all likelihood is, um, you, you know, there's enough deposits and enough gold within this area to support a much, much larger operation. And I think I, I, think I mentioned this to you last time. I think the part of the problem with... Um, our industry is that I think a lot of people, as soon as you've got a resource out, they're then looking for the scoping study. They assume that once you put a resource out, there is that that's all the gold that you found on your project. And now the, the next real steps are to demonstrate the economic viability. Because this is a district with multiple deposits within it, this is going to have a slightly different evolution. The trajectory of this project is going to be different. The resource is going to keep growing in steps. Um, so, you know, um, that's the key objective, that, and, that, and that's, the, that's the reason that we, we haven't as yet progressed with a PA. Now, we could progress with a PA, and we could initiate one straight away, but as I said, there's a lot more gold here than the, than the 2018 resource estimate uh, suggests, clearly. I mean, you know, I think the other thing you have to bear in mind is that there was 2 million ounces, an estimated 2 million ounces, just recovered from the sand and gravel there from, during the plasma mining, all informal. So the hard rock source should be a lot larger than that. We know on El Dorado's project next door that for every ounce of placer gold produced during the gold rush, there are 10 in the underlying granite, right? And there was 200,000 ounces uh, produced at, at TZ, um, their project during that gold rush. They have a resource there of about 2.3 million ounces. So the ratio is about 1 to 11, something like that. Um, our project had 2 million ounces, 10 times more gold, produced during the gold rush. Now, does that mean that we've got the same 1 to 11 ratio? Uh, not necessarily, but it's a pretty good indication. There are a lot of streams here that contain gold and, and were mined for placers. We've got 17.9 square kilometers of historic placer tailings in the streams. 17.9 square kilometers, Matt. We've done no drilling within any of that either. We're still looking for the hard rock sources. But if you look, if you look at district-wide plays you know companies come out of different ways right and you know again so thing is thing as an investor or looking at a company where you see those gains in how quickly you see those gains as, as a shareholder you guys could drill this thing out for the next 10 15 years right you know it's it's, well, it's you know and then the story gets tired and then this and then people kind of move on to yeah. other things and it's yeah. like you've got to put your uh, you know flag in the sand at some point and go right this yes, is good do. enough for now and if i look at next That's door el dorado what are they was it two, just yeah. over 2 million ounces and they decided well we're going to flog this uh, and we'll take we'll take the we'll take the offer thank you very much how do you build up this company uh, bearing in mind that the potential scale of this thing in, in stages, so digestible to sh to investors. Well, look, uh, when we get a significant jump on the resource, we will uh, then start moving forward with the PA. I mean, what the identification of all this near surface mineralization these blankets does, it it uh, it gives us optionality. So it allows us to sort of like consider the possibility of near-term production, and we already have trial mining licenses over, this, over these areas, 
Um, it allows us to get, consider the possibility of getting into production much, much quicker than we otherwise would. Um, so that is an option that we'll continue to look at. We are going to be doing some metallurgical work on this unconsolidated material, but it is a game changer. I think a lot of people are looking at the results from this blanket and sort of scratching their heads and saying, okay, they've just drilled 50 meters at half a gram or 60 meters at 0.8 or, you know, 60 meters at 3.5. Kind of interesting. What does that mean? Well, as you know, the cost of mining unconsolidated mud, sand, and soil and processing that material is a fraction of doing it on, with hard rock. It's not a sort of a 10% reduction in cost or a 20 or a 30% reduction in cost. It's an enormous difference in terms of your costs for mining and processing that material. So, you know, one gram material uh, in unconsolidated mud and sand is not the same as one gram material in hard rock granite that you've got to drill, blast, and crush and grind. Completely different. No, I, I get it. And that's that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to get access to your thinking about how you go about this one because as a CEO of a company, you've got a responsibility to your shareholders. You've got a responsibility to the operational team to do things the, the right way and safely and all of that. But but the thing which kind of rules all of the above is the, is the economics, right? The, you've got to get the economics right. So when we talked last time, you, you're talking about the potential of getting into production and you know the re-rate that comes with that, but more importantly, the cash flow that comes from that. I could see, I could see that was that's an important move, and the timing of that is really important as, as well. So I'm trying to get an idea from you. So you know, is that coming to the fore more and more in your thinking? And if it will so, come when? to the fore more and more. Yes. If so, when? Um, probably in the next six to twelve months. Uh, that is becoming um, more and more important as an option. As I said, we've got that optionality. The, the the most important thing for us is we have to get the metallurgical test work done. But let's just consider back in April, we didn't even know that this blanket material existed. Um, and and I'd, I, I predicted to you back then that I thought we would find more of these things. We've subsequently found a second one. I'll make you another prediction now. I think we will find another one and possibly more than, more than one and more of these blankets. So we're going to keep expanding the, the amount of this oxide mineralization that's uh, obviously very amenable to processing. But we've got to, we've got to get the metallurgical work done. Uh, we know that this is in... Um, as I've said several times already, unconsolidated sand. There are no deleterious elements, so there's nothing like arsenic. As you know, a lot of big gold mines have arsenic. They have bismuth. They have antimony. They have copper. Um, these things have to be addressed from a metallurgical perspective. We have none of those. So, um, uh, yeah, But we need to get the metallurgical test work done so that once we've got that metallurgical test work done, I think we'll be much better placed. In, so in the next six to 12 months, we'll get those bulk samples uh, uh, processed We'll get the results back, and then we'll have a, a much better grip on on how that um, that option, uh, sort of near term production with this uh, uh, oxide material, uh, looks, or what sort of shape it is, what what it's like, the cost us, et cetera, et cetera. Whether we want to go go forward with a scoping study, um, but obviously the capital cost on it will be a much much less low. So. Two questions on that, Alan. Which is one: is it when you say so? It's, it's no deleterious uh, materials, or not not much yep. in there. Is it fairly uniform, homogeneous type sands that we're, you're talking about here? What is one bulk sample likely to be similar to the bulk sample on, say, the second blanket? Uh, there is some some differences. So some have a little bit more sand versus mud. Some some areas the soil covers a little bit thicker. So there are some differences. Is it? 
uh, you know, is each hole wildly different from the next? No, it's not. And, and it's remarkably consistent in terms of grade. The interesting thing about it is there's a high grade center to this thing. Uh, just like in the second blanket, um, um, where the underlying deposit, which is a vertical deposit, which sits in intrusive rocks, comes up to surface and, and, and uh, comes up through this material, uh, you, we've got a high-grade core to it in the overlying blanket. Um, so that would, that obviously, that will be something that we would want to mine first. Interestingly, the second one also has a high-grade core, which may be giving us a strong clue about where the underlying deposit is at, um, in, in the second one called Powder Miranda. So... Um, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot to do. Look, look, this is a district scale project, Matt, and I've said this many times. It's just going to take us a little time to unravel the whole thing. Uh, but, you know, we need to grow this thing to a point where we can then pull the trigger on a scoping study and move forward with what we think is going to be a significant uh, operation. Um, so... There's no doubt that we're having uh, success on the discovery side. As I said, there's an awful lot of uh, great drill intercepts that we've been getting. Um, it's going to be a very exciting time from us from a news perspective. And, uh, and now we have the project next door to us, which is in all likelihood going to, going to go into development here over the next few months and, and will be one of Brazil's biggest gold mines. Okay. And, and so, so to labor this point, but, but I, I, I do want to understand um, the decision making a little bit more. Okay. So, with with the blanket component, you say there's that you give yourself options subject to the metallurgy, you know, panning out yeah. as, as you hope. What's what is the scale of that going to look like when you make the decision? Because if you've got one blanket, you've got two blankets. If you're right, another you know another two beyond that. There seems enough to be getting on with and driving you know, the potential of revenue because the capex is, is cheap. Because the, the, the trouble with when people say district-wide scale is I'm thinking, yeah. oh, man, that's going to go on forever. Oh, the dilution. Oh, if they can't drive the, the, the share price up and, you know, raise money at ever-increasing share price, it, 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 it's hard because there's so many factors out of your control there. What is yeah. in your control is making the decision as to when you start to potentially monetize some of that easy cheap um, oxide gold at surface and um, to be able to pay for that district um, development. So yeah. what are you thinking in terms of scale for when you well, make that decision? Look, I can't make any predictions in terms of scale for this. I can give you some idea on time frame. These blankets are at surface. We're only doing 50 meter holes in large part. So we're going to know pretty quick here on the first one, we've almost finished drilling that off. So on the first one, we got a pretty good idea about the size of that. Currently about 22 hectares, um, up to 50 meters thick, but it, that won't be the average thickness. Um, but uh, these things are things that we can drill off very quickly. I think it's reasonable to assume that in the next 12 months, we'll have a very good grip on how many of these blankets that we've got. Uh, and once we know that, we'll know, well, you know, what sort of size operation will that support? We can move forward with a PEA. Um, at least we have the option to move forward with the PA on that oxide material. We'll have the MET studies done. Um, I think I think we'll you know we'll have a lot more um, information within the next twelve months. So look, look um, it is something that we're going to pursue. We're going to look at. We're going to continue to um, uh, drill the higher grade zones as well within the underlying deposits here uh, at the same time. So 
Um, there's a lot going on, but I, I can't I can't make any predictions in terms of how big these things are going to be. No, but no. Um, what I'm asking is the question: how You can they, work it out. Yeah, I know I can, but I, I want to. But you're going to make a decision. It's like you don't need to work out what the total size is. You need to work yeah, out yeah, yeah. how big enough does it need to be before you can make put, make a decision on whether you go ahead with it. You could do it with yeah. just the, with the first blanket. I can't, I can't answer that right now, Matt. What I can say is we're very, very encouraged by the amount of this type of mineralization that we have. Don't forget this material uh, the, in both of these blankets that we've got now, particularly the one at MG where there is an underlying hard rock deposit, was assumed to be sterile. This material was all assumed to contain no gold whatsoever ever in the 2018 estimate. It was waste. And it was material that there would be a cost to move it. It's not. It's mineralized. It contains a significant amount of gold. But right now, I cannot tell you exactly what sort of size, how many ounces we're going to need to then uh, uh, move forward. Now, I'm hoping that I will have those answers um, in the next six to 12 months on that. But it's, I think it's a very good question. I, and I understand why you'd like to know those answers. But I'm not in a position right now to, to, to give you those numbers. Okay, here's a follow-up question for you. Um, with with projects like this, oxide at surface, relatively cheap to um, process, and you know, hopefully, uh, relatively simple process. You know, can you get that financed off the back of a PEA, or are you going to have to go through the whole study process? Will you have to get uh, in much further down the line? I take a lot longer, spend a lot more money to do that, or do you think? Because we've heard a couple of instances where people have done it off a of PEA. Are yeah, you expecting I to? Do. I think. I think. I think in this market, I think I think there's a good chance we could, we could to, because the capital cost for that sort of uh, that sort of operation will not be enormous. I mean, as I said, there's no crushing grinding required. I mean, uh, we don't need drilling and blasting equipment for that type of material. So uh, I think there's a very good chance we could. I mean, but but you know, I, I I won't know until we start seriously looking at until what the results of a PA are, and, and when we start looking very seriously. But look, we own the land, we own the surface rights here. We don't just own the mineral rights, we own the surface rights. Um, we have already trial mining licenses over these two blanket areas. And that is a huge step forward. Um, so this is something that could happen very, very quickly. Um, you know, this isn't something, I know where you're going. What you're, you're saying is that, you know, a lot of gold projects take years to, to put into development. There are several years where, they, where companies will go through steps on scoping study, um, pre-feasibility, feasibility study. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that we necessarily have to go through all those steps. And then, you know, and then a lot of big gold project projects take years to actually build and get into production. I think we could, A, uh, the actual pr process of demonstrating economic viability should go much quicker. Uh, and I think uh, actually constructing uh, an operation to, to mine this sort of material could go much quicker than usual too. Well, that's exactly where I was going. I just want to know how long we're waiting for before you could actually get into production. And if, if, and I, I know they have happened, but doesn't it's not it's not normal, but it does happen. Uh, funds are are able to fund off the back of a PA. That's good news for you. Good news for shareholders because you know the, the that re-rate, producer re-rate happens sooner. But if I'm sitting here waiting three, four, five years or beyond. You know, I've got some decisions to make. So that that's really interesting to me. And then you also reminded me that, you know, you're actually 
uh, it was overbur or considered overburdened before, and now it's actually no. That's dollars in the ground there. Yeah, we'll we're paying to remove the overburden, and we're making some money, and we can plow that back into getting after the good stuff underneath. Yeah, I f- well, I yeah, that because bit. that I mean, and don't forget, uh, imagine what that this mineralized material on the surface does for the stripping ratio, right? The stripping ratio is going to go lower on the underlying deposit, and the pit's going to go deeper. Uh, because uh, and so if the pit's going deep, we're going to pull more resources at the base of the pit into the into into the resource in the hard rock deposit underneath. So that's lots and lots of positive implications. But again, I'd encourage your viewers to look at other operations where and and the costs actually associated. It's worth doing a little bit of uh, homework on the costs of associate associated with mining and processing this material. It will not be a small difference between, you know, mining hard rock material as opposed to mining this sort of material. It will be an enormous difference in cost. What those costs are going to be, I don't know. Uh, and even if I did, I couldn't say without a PA. Um, but um, it's, it's a tremendously exciting. As I said, I'll say this again, because this is really, really, really important. 50 meters of 0.8 grams gold in this sort of material is is not the same as 50 meters of 0.8 grams, nothing, not even close to uh, this sort of material in, um, it's, not, it's not even close to 50 meters of 0.8 grams in hard rock granite that you're gonna drill, blast, crush and grind. It's a completely different uh, proposition uh, from a cost perspective. And, and also uh, if it's a completely different perspective, uh, proposition from a cost perspective, it's obviously completely different um, likely to be very different in terms of profit too. Okay, look, I appreciate the conversation today. I mean, you, this, this company caught our eye last year. You, you know, you were up, you know, 1.10 10 times. This year, I think, has been particularly tricky for precious metals. Um, I'm intrigued by the business plan, how, what you guys decide to do in terms of creating value, realizing value on this district. So like, um, stay in touch, let us know how you get on, especially with five rigs um, turning at the moment. Um, look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.